This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, I'm not going to ask how you're doing this week. Why is that? I don't care anymore. I know how you're doing. Fine. Everything's fine. Everything's the same. Nobody's done anything. The world's different now. Isn't it weird how we're all in our... Yeah, every week we just say the same things. <laughs> yeah. Look, we hate ourselves. So... Uh, hate ourselves and our lives. Right. And that was true before the pandemic. So it's even doubly true now. So we're going to, uh, we're changing up the, the formula a bit and we're starting off the show solving a problem. Hey, start off the show on a positive note instead of just, uh, criticizing our lives. How about that? Yeah. And I, and I will say, Tom, uh, uh, I wish you had asked how I'm doing today. I think it's nice, uh, for, for you to, how are you doing, but don't go into it. Just keep it brief. I'm doing well. <laughs> if if you had answered, not so good, actually. <laughs> Tom, let's let's solve a problem. Uh, in a segment we like to call "Tim and Tom Solve Your Problems." Is this weird that we're doing this? I don't like this. Tom, uh, this comes to us from Spencer, and if you, listener, are listening and have a problem you'd like us to solve, uh, you can email us at thecompleteguideeverything at gmail.com. We'll talk about alien abductions in a minute. I was going to say, if you've downloaded this episode because you've recently been abducted by an alien and you're desperate for information to make sense of it all, relax, we'll get to it. Relax, Spencer's got a lumberjack problem. Ooh. Dear Tim and Tom. I'll tell you what. There have been some lumberjacks that have had an alien problem. Wow. What a Are you going to talk about them later or is that Yeah, 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 a yeah. non sequitur. No, stay tuned later in the episode. All right. People are going to think we have some weird new uh you know, griff going on of or uh, did they only get paid if people listen all the way through or something? <laughs> Dear Tim and Tom, a little while ago, while chopping stumps of wood in a forest in my neighborhood, okay. an elderly woman called the police on me for walking around with an axe. Ever since, I've had trouble finding a place to do this hobby of mine. <laughs> Wait, what? All right. He's chopping stumps of wood in a forest in his neighborhood. Okay. Not on his own property. I work at a nine-to-five office job, <laughs> counting dirt, and while it isn't difficult, it can be stressful trying to understand what civil engineers are doing in their plans, but I can't blame them for their own ineptitude. I don't understand what this guy's talking no, about. No, I thought, I thought that was a euphemism, counting dirt, but it counting sounds like he's, he's literally counting dirt. That, that civil engineers are moving around. He should have given us a little more color on what his nine to five job is, because this yeah. doesn't necessarily sound like a, a completely normal nine to five job. No, when he said count, counting dirt, I thought that was like slang. You know, when Lucy and Ethel are in the chocolate factory uh-huh. and, the, fa- and the, the chocolates come down the conveyor belt. Right. I could see them in that factory being like uh, the slang term for those chocolates or dirt. It's just like, yeah, get in there and count some dirt. And uh, Lucy and Ethel have to like uh, count and wrap up the the chocolates. Yeah, it could be any. It could be slang for anything. Mm-hmm. All right, to de-stress from this, Spencer says, which is from counting dirt. <laughs> After work, I like to get a refreshing and meditative workout. Recently, I've been looking for forests on Google Maps Street View to find a new place. However, these places usually have very few drums lying around or no trees I can cut down. This guy, this guy, guy slang. he's got too much terminology that we don't understand. 
No trees I can cut down. A blue tie around a tree means it's scheduled to be chopped, so I'll feel justified cutting out the bureaucratic middleman. So my yeah, question is... Yeah, but also imagine being a, a tree chopper working for the, the town government or something, and he comes to your job and some maniacs chopped down all the trees already. <laughs> then you get the day off. You don't tell That's your true. boss that you got, yeah. I got to the forest and all the the blue ribbon trees have, have fallen down. Yeah. It, you just it, you head over to Mickey D's and you get yourself a, yeah. a nice McGriddle. And and you sit, you sit in the parking lot, fire up Quibi, uh, catch up on your shows. Yeah, you can you can get through a lot of quibbies. Uh Emmy nominated quibbies, Tom. So my question is, how should I go about pursuing this hobby? Continue chopping in my neighborhood, stealthily carrying my axe, keep up the search for a new forest, or maybe just move to rural Montana and stay off the grid. Currently I live just outside a major city. Thanks for the help, big fan of the show, and feel free to use my real name or a made up name if you want to make one up. Spencer. Spencer. Imagine if that old lady's listening to this and she's like, "It's I knew it was him. It's Spencer." Yeah, but uh, is, okay. My main question or, is: Is or, there anything wrong with what Spencer's doing? Or imagine if you're the civil engineers he work he works with, and he's referring to you know going over your work as counting dirt. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. And the civil engineers, like this well, they're, dirt they're... counter, has 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 the nerve to criticize me. Yeah, but they they'd never say anything because they're too polite. Oh yeah, because they're civil engineers. Yeah, I get it. Um, is he doing anything illegal? I'm sure there's some weird like town ordinance that he can't be doing this. Uh, is but weird. is he doing something wrong? No. And and it's weird that a, I'm wondering if the lady called the cops on him because she thought... Do you think this is what John Lewis was talking about as good <laughs> trouble? I think this is exactly it. He was talking about going to the forest, finding some trees that are already marked to be chopped down, and chopping them down yeah. before the government even gets It's there. not legal, but it's right. Right. Yeah. Um. I'm curious if the woman thought he was chopping, just randomly destroying a forest tree by tree, or if she thought he was an axe murderer, because axe murderers, very rare, and also they don't just walk down the street with an axe. An axe is a horrible weapon to try and kill somebody with, unless they're like already wounded, I guess. Hmm. Seems like you have a lot of insider information about this, Tom. It's just common sense. Just give it a, you know, just think about it for a minute and, and you'll realize that what I'm saying is true. Here's, look, I have a lot of questions about transporting sharp objects. Okay. Right? Like if He's probably I've, got a nice sheath for it. For the axe? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, if you just wear a dang flannel shirt grow a beard <laughs> um and what else you wear one of those hats those floppy hats with the with the ears on them yeah uh, i was gonna say if he just puts on a uh like one of those orange reflective vests you can get away with anything if you wear one of those people just think oh he, he works for he looks official or he's uh uh, uh prisoner doing work on the road but Either way. Yeah, like, work work detail. It, but you, hiding in plain sight, you can get away with it. Uh, that seems like a, a crazy way to relieve stress, like a very aggressive way to relieve stress. Probably works. Not faulting yeah. them for it. I mean, I think there are probably other ways rather than just, is it the destruction or is it the, as he calls it, like meditative aspect of it? Uh, probably. Well, if he's chopping stumps, then that's not even really that, uh, destructive. Yeah, but you can ob obliterate a stump. <laughs> it's and hard. It, it's hard work. Yeah, but if he's at it for hours, days, day after day. Also, I don't, I mean, he lives outside of a major city. What forests and how many trees are marked <laughs> to be cut down, honestly, Spencer? Like, at some point, you're going to cut down all those trees, and then you're just going to no, start. They Maybe cut... Spencer goes out and buys some blue ribbon of his own. <laughs> right. Um, 
there's not i'm sure there's a, a decent amount of trees that need to be chopped down they're probably dead trees you know they're they're close to power lines or something you should be careful he doesn't get electrocuted through that axe yeah. it's one of those all metal axes yeah those that, are dangerous that are so popular nowadays but like if i buy if i buy knives mm-hmm. in the big city Right. If I go, if I go to Target and buy, <laughs> if, you, if you if you head into Times Square to buy some knives, no. But if I if I head into downtown Brooklyn and then take a subway back, and I have you know these you know four or five really sharp knives on my person in the subway, mm-hmm. um, I mean, if those were not just purchased and being transferred transported to my home. That'd be frowned upon me, me uh, carrying yeah, those there, around, right? There's a difference between if you've got them in a Target bag inside their packaging or if you've got them in cases on your belt. Right. And and I, I recognize that. But then it becomes a, well, if I'm a maniac that just wants to carry these around, I'm going to just put them in their original packaging <laughs> and put that inside of, of a Target bag. But um, even that kind of is better because at least that means it's going to be it's going to take you a, a little bit longer to get to them. Yeah, but guess what, Tom? <laughs> the New York City subway takes a long time between stops That's sometimes. True. And yeah, sometimes it stops unexpectedly. Time. Yeah, it's not like, "Well, how will I be able to get these knives out if I you're know. a maniac?" That's like uh an idiot that I used to know. Uh, kept a bat in his trunk, but he can get in trouble for that because it looks like you're, uh, you know, keeping the bat in your trunk as a weapon. So you mm-hmm. would always keep uh, a baseball glove and a baseball in there too. And I don't know if that works. It's probably better than if there's just a bat, but... But if you have a baseball bat... I'm just saying, Tim, you can carry the knives around. Just make sure you've always got a cutting board with you as well. Right. And just practice your knife. Sk- you can actually just practice your knife skills on the on the subway. As long as you have a big enough cutting board, you get a seat, you put it on your lap, mm-hmm. you can chop onions. You can. Well, not onions. That'll make everybody on the on the train cry. All right, Tim. Let's talk about alien abductions. Now that we've solved Spencer's problem. Yes. Did, did you reference that just so people can be sure the episode was recorded that way and not edited in post to be? Oh, we should start doing uh, weird stuff. We should just we should record the show a lot more modularly. Yeah, probably. I'm just thinking about a couple of weeks ago when I had to edit the show and I accidentally put up on Patreon a version where uh, I told you I had to go pee. And then there was just like two minutes of dead air. So I don't want to get too crazy. Yeah, no, I I, kind of like if it was jarring. That's frequently what people say is their favorite thing about the show when it's jarring to them. That's what they like about entertainment programs in general. Just <laughs> jarring and confusing. You see alarming. that you see that a lot in movie posters. Uh you know, the critics say jarring. Uh Tim, well, speaking of jarring, how about this as a jarring experience? waking up in the middle of the night because an alien's there and they're taking you to their spaceship? Mm-hmm. Could you think of a more jarring experience? Could you could you imagine that happening and you going, no, I'm going back to bed? No, I wouldn't go back to bed. Um, I'd be, uh, I think, afraid. Would you mm-hmm. be afraid if you were abducted by an alien? Tim, I wouldn't. I wouldn't live through it. That's how afraid I would be. I would but, die. I would die of fright pretty early into the experience, which I think is the only reason why it hasn't happened yet. Do you think they have machines that would keep you from dying? Technology that they could hook you up to? Yeah, but I don't think it would. It would be any good. That's how scared I would be. Mm. All right. Now this is a classic Tom topic. <laughs> Um, yeah, is this a myth and legends, myths and legends episode? Sh- sure, if you want. <laughs> what does that entail? Just writing that the title. <laughs> Should we check with the with the board? See if see if it's allowed. 
Hey, Myths and Legends, alien abductions. Now, we've talked about aliens. We've talked about UFOs before, of course. Uh, we are an informational podcast. But we have not talked specifically about alien abductions. Tim, on a nightly basis, how afraid are you uh, from uh, 1 to 10 of being abducted by aliens? On a normal night? Yeah. Tom, I'm afraid of a lot of things, and I'm afraid of a lot of irrational things as well. Like okay. Not, not, not just, you know... Vampires, uh, you know, werewolves? I'm probably more afraid of werewolves than I am of an alien abduction. Well, that's just straight up stupid, Tim. Tom, can I tell you something? What? I'm not uh, very concerned at all about being abducted by aliens. I've, I never have been. Um, I can't. I can't think of one time where that's been a serious concern of mine. Huh. I can think of hundreds of times where it's been a serious concern of mine. I know that because I've been with you probably dozens of times. You know, be it uh, like uh, you know, just like driving somewhere at night, mm-hmm. or like uh, on camping trips or something. <sighs> that's the. And worst I've time. seen you maybe have a bit of an anxiety attack around the possibility of of being abducted by aliens and i know it it doesn't seem like it's a bit no i mean especially look i love camping i love the uh sleeping outdoors and stuff but uh boy you're really taking your life in your own hands when you do that you're really taking a big risk rate these three dangers while camping <laughs> okay alien abduction uh-huh bear Mm-hmm. Mountain Man. Ooh. Um, alien abduction number one, of course. Then Mountain Man, then Bear. Yeah, I'm just... Uh, bears are, 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 are scary. Mm-hmm. But getting hacked to pieces by a Mountain Man... Yeah, oof. I think I could reason... Sedi- I could reason yeah. with a bear more than I could reason with a mountain man. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's doing been it up for on sport. The, and he's been up on that mountain so long, he forgets about the rules of society. Yeah, he's enjoying this. This is the, the only the only joy he gets. That's why he went to move to the mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, a lot of UFO stuff in the news. We all remember uh, the New York, the, the stuff the New York Times has done about the naval UFOs. Mm-hmm. I want to read a little bit. They they posted an article that went a little bit under the wire here, uh, outside of the UFO community, of course, but about um, uh, about their about a recent piece they did where they kind of casually dropped that the government has off-world transportation vehicles. Tom, that was on the front page of the New York Times. Well, it wasn't the headline. It was, not, it was not under the radar. It was a little under the radar. Because, hey, you guys look, aren't going to read about this in your newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> to the New York Times. It's, it's the top story. Well, look, but it's during the pandemic, Tim. Nobody's going out to, to, to buy the newspaper. They're not seeing the front page. Tom, can uh, I tell you something? What? I'm a, subscri- I'm a digital subscriber to the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And now what I want to do... Is uh, is upgrade to get the Sunday New York Times delivered to my home, so yeah. I can be one of those jerks that like sprawls out on the couch yeah. on a Sunday morning with all the sections around. Oh, do look! I'll read a little bit of the real estate section, and then on to arts and leisure. One of those guys. Uh huh. It's impossible to change your subscription in any way from the New York Times. You call up, they put you on hold. And uh, they're just like, you got to do it online. You can't do it online. Yeah, they they want trying to give them more money. I'm trying to get them to deliver stuff to my house. But they don't even want to run the risk that if they talk to you, you might cancel it. (laughs) Like, nope, we'd rather just keep them stuck on this. I always thought it was cheaper to get like a Sunday subscription with digital than than just digital. I wouldn't know. I can't get anybody to answer my questions about it. Well, anyway, Tim, that's the the least of our concerns right now in this world. I can't put on NPR, make myself uh, a chai latte, sprawl out on the couch with some farm fresh (laughs) eggs. Farm at the table. Yeah. Um, 
so they they put out uh, an article. Do we believe in UFOs? That's the wrong question. By Ralph Blumen, Blumenthal and Leslie Keen um, about kind of the the stuff they've they've reported, and they're basically saying whether ufos unidentified flying objects exist or not is not a question of belief they do exist now what they are sure that's nobody military testing horrific things that they're going to do right horrible things yeah secretly it, to people it, it could it could be something like that and that has been you know, uh, I think part of why the government's been a little more open about this stuff lately, my belief is they're getting uh, they're increasingly getting caught uh, creating horrifying death machines. So they just <laughs> had to be like, yeah, no, we don't know what that is. Weird. Right, guys? No, because the the proof of these things is at this point indisputable, in, in my opinion. So their question, you know, the government's question is, who's making this? And is it China or Russia? And if it is China or Russia, our two biggest adversaries, they've taken some quantum leap in technology that we haven't. And that's bad news. <laughs> so we need to to wrap our hands, heads around it. And then if it's not them, well, then we got to figure out who the heck it is. Why do you assume that... It's not the U.S. Um, just because I don't think it's any. Well, because the U.S. is. Uh, so you're saying you you think that they might be lying about uh, that they're making it, but then they're like, oh, who the heck's making these things? Well, once once somebody is uh, somebody sees it and questions it because it's not like the government is is calling up the new york times and is like hey guess what we saw this crazy thing right but it's like, reported by like a pilot or something yeah but those videos in particular were classified uh and so you know why would they be declassified if the government knew oh yeah that's that's our things flying around there uh because it leaked first uh did it yeah it did leak i don't know the military doesn't go just like hey we're gonna declassify this stuff because we don't know what it is (laughs) uh they might maybe maybe we can enlist the public's help in in uh determining whether this death machine was built by russia or china or a terrifying superhuman uh alien race i guess not superhuman right well i mean as Unless, we, who knows maybe there's time travel involved as we've seen recently uh you know when you put when you go to the public and you get and you say hey uh gear up those imaginations let's hear what you think is the cause behind things uh it's, it's worked productive. out great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah here's what we think based on the science but we want to hear what you think <laughs> Uh, But so I I just wanted to read this one part from it. Uh, But our latest article provided a more daunting set of challenges since we dealt with the possible existence of retrieved materials from UFOs going from data on a distant object in the sky to the possession of a retrieved one on the ground makes a leap that many find hard to accept and that clearly demands extraordinary evidence. Numerous associates of the Pentagon program with high security clearances and decades of involvement with official UFO investigations told us they are convinced such crashes have occurred based on their access to classified information, but the retrieved materials themselves and any data about them are completely off limits to anyone without clearances and they need to know. Can I confess something to you, Tom? Oh, do you know? No, I tuned out everything that you Yeah, well that just said. That's exactly what the government wants you to do, Tim. Just tune it out, just pretend it doesn't exist. You just said keep they're going the ones putting it in the newspapers. To toy with us, to toy with people like me. Give me the gist of of what that quote was. They're basically saying that the 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 New York Times has high level sources that have told them, oh, yeah, that we we have stuff. I don't know about the stuff. I don't have access to it. So I don't know much about it. But I do know 
some of these things have crashed and we have retrieved uh, the wreckage from those crashes. Okay. And I think my, again, we're talking about abduction, not this, but I think genuinely the government has no, I don't believe in the idea of like, oh, we've got an agreement with the aliens and they're talking with the president because, you know, when, when, we go and find, I don't know, some like new races of uh, some new race of prairie dogs or something. Are we like, all right, who's the leader here? Let's start <laughs> exchanging information. I think the government has no f- clue what this stuff is either. Are we discovering new prairie dogs? I don't know. It was the first animal that popped into my head. So you think the the government is just as confused as old Timmy and Tommy? Well, not as confused as me, but yeah, as confused as you. So you're more confused even than me? I'm not sure. I lost the thread there. Anyway, Tim, what we're talking about is alien reduction. We're talking about aliens coming and taking somebody and doing what they want with them as they please. How often... Do you mm-hmm. think this happens? Um, I don't. It's tough to say because like if you had to estimate globally, mm-hmm. yeah, how many alien abduction events happen in a month? It's really tough to say. I would say I would I would guess conservatively that only uh, less than five happen a month. A month, but every month. So you yeah. think like sixty a year. Sure. Probably worldwide. But there are way, way more than that reported. Really? Yeah. There's a lot of people that say that this has happened to them, Tim. And that's a problem. Like, so if you were abducted by aliens, what would you do afterwards? Would you tell people? I think it would depend on what happened. I probably would. Okay. I would tell you. All right. Well, yeah, because you know I'd believe you. Yeah, and, and I, I'd be able to fodder for us to talk about on this. <laughs> so you would talk about it on the show. Yeah. So if I start off with, "How you doing this week, Tim?" <sighs> Not so great, Tom. I had a very strange experience last night. I was taken from my bedroom and brought up aboard an alien craft, and right. a number of experiments were performed on me. Are you asking me, like, would I contact the authorities, whoever that might may be? Yeah, if you would contact the authorities and, and how wide would you actually, how many people would you tell about this? I don't know. I think it, I think it's hard to say. I think it, it, it uh, depends on Probably how, how unbelievable it is, how traumatic it is. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't want to, I'm, I'm finding it hard to, to think of something lighthearted and funny to be about, <laughs> like, if I went through a traumatic experience and was afraid that people would not believe me, what right. would I do? Because that's not funny. So I, I was... I don't like this line of questioning, Tom. <laughs> I was thinking about that a lot uh, because I was reading about, do you remember this book? Uh, like, it was in the late 80s, early 90s, I think uh called communion and it just had an alien on the cover and it was the scariest book cover you've ever seen in your life no i don't re- i don't recall you don't remember this look it up whitley i'm not whitley striver alien stuff as you you'll are. recognize this and then they made a movie about it with christopher walken and it's a movie where christopher walken goes is there somebody behind there and an alien pops its head out from behind the uh the 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 dresser Hmm. Do you remember? No, I don't remember any of this. Well, oh, that's not good, Tim. They might have wiped your memory. Oh, is this the men in black you're talking about? No, not the men in black. The aliens, the grays, the gray aliens. Hmm. No, I haven't seen this book. Really? I I, I don't recall that film either. I remember that book also, like, for whatever reason, always being prominently displayed at the public library in our town and just being, like, always so excited to go to the library and then seeing that and being like, oh, I'm not going to let this ruin my time at the library. I'm not going to let this ruin my time at the library. (laughs) (laughs) I was just looking for the Where's Waldo section. But I was reading about 
uh, this guy who wrote it and uh, it two things. So one is he was a novelist before this happened to him, before he claims he was abducted. Ah, so a guy that spins tales for <laughs> right. a living. But for he attention. Was, he is abducted from... <laughs> That's uh, what novelists are. They just want attention. <laughs> he was abducted in uh, upstate New York from his uh, family's cabin. And like neighbors saw this happen, or at least saw like the UFO, saw bright lights. It happened repeatedly to him. And it got to the point where he was like, oh, enough, stop. Enough is enough here. Yeah, because like I guess every time they still did it like very dramatically. And he was like, whatever, just get it over with. But um, I was reading an interview about him recently, and he is uh, where the idea of the anal probe comes from. Mm. The idea that aliens abduct people and give them an anal probe. And it was in this uh, interview, and he's talking- South Park episode? Yeah, it was very funny. And he's talking about South Park and something else. Oh, and really? like and and how he's like imagine you know the the most horrible thing happening to you you being raped and and it's this incredibly traumatic experience and it turns into a joke for all of pop culture <laughs> which like it, yeah if he's telling the truth like god what a nightmare what a like the only thing more awful than that happening and and not having any way to really explain it even to yourself is that then it just becomes a joke for that the entire world uh, understands as shorthand. Yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. We'll have more after the break. For over 80 years, Fram has been a leader in automotive filtration because that's the only thing they do. Filters. Want to protect your well-oiled machine or breathe easier when driving? Fram has the right filter for every kind of driver. Fram oil filters are American-made, tough, and feature sure-grip technology. No slip grip for easy install and remove, even with an oily hand or glove. Fram cabin air filters filter out contaminants like exhaust fumes, allergens, and pollution. And with the power of Arm & Hammer baking soda, you can breathe easy with an odorless interior. Don't let dirt get the best of your engine. Head over to Fram.com and step up to ultimate protection. That's F-R-A-M dot com. Fram! Uh, Tim, we just took a brief break there, and when I came back, you were gone, and I thought the worst. I thought the worst had happened. That I was abducted by aliens? Yeah, and that they were going to come for me soon, that they heard us talk. I mean, so you we're... weren't concerned about me. You were concerned that you were next. Um. Yeah, actually, in retrospect, I would feel better about being abducted if I was being abducted with a friend. Yeah, I think so, too. Because then, honestly, you would have somebody to talk about with it. And you'd be like, remember when the aliens took us? That shit was crazy. Nobody else will ever believe us. But uh, we and before we go a little that. bit further, um, during the break, you did uh, want to just make clear that you think South Park is cool. <laughs> despite, despite that, you don't want anybody to think you're uncool. They, hey, they, they uh, speak truth to power, Tim. Um, I know it's a, I know it's a joke on, uh, uh, I'm thinking of the SNL sketch, but, uh, are there support groups for people who believe they have been abducted by aliens? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, 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 uh, SNL sketch was that? Oh, it's one of those recurring sketches where it's like. There's normal, per- there's a bunch of normal people, and then there's a weird person. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't seen one of those sketches. Um, that sounds funny, though. And it's, uh, you know, it's it's people talking about um, getting abducted. They're going around describing their uh, alien abduction stories, and the first few people have these kind of like pleasant, like, oh, and there was all this technology, and then I felt a euphoric feeling or whatever. Mm. 
And then it gets to Kate McKinnon, who is uh, playing the weird person who describes... Off-brand for her. Yeah, horrible trauma i guess uh-huh. not to be a scold or anything it's it's funny there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of funny stuff yeah. in there um there's a lot of funny trauma in that <laughs> but uh but then uh you know everybody's and then it cuts to everybody and they're all like what man this weird person is saying weird stuff uh she's very funny do you still have you still hold a grudge from the female ghostbusters movie though you you refuse to watch anything any of those women are in Tom, don't even joke about that. <laughs> so, uh, Tim, you might be sitting there thinking, you know what? This is fine. I don't care about some yokels out in the country getting abducted by aliens. It can't happen to me living in the what do city. You mean, flyover country you're talking yeah. about? I care well, about those people. Well, guess what, Tim? One of the landmark UFO abduction cases happened in Manhattan. Manhattan Beach? No, Manhattan, New York. Oh, wow. Uh, This woman... New York City. This is my stomping grounds. She was abducted from a closed apartment window uh, into a a UFO that was outside. Um, I'm reading about this from uh, uh, liveabout, liveabout.com. Um I've I've read Thanks about for citing your source there. I've I've read about this case before, but but I'm, I, this has kind of the uh, the the briefings from it. Uh, so one of the crazy things about this is that there are uh, uh, I think two guys who are uh, witnesses to this, and they were uh, crossing over the Brooklyn bridge at the time at three o'clock in the morning. And they saw like a UFO and a lady getting levitated out of her apartment building into a UFO. A couple uh, jackasses stumbling home across the bridge from they a were, bar at 3 a.m. Tim, they were in a limousine. Oh, well, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> yeah. These were, uh, yeah, they, what the, year was this? Uh, 1989. Oh, so they were in a limousine at three o'clock in the morning in New York City. These guys were 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 coked out of their mind, Tom. <laughs> uh, the three men claim that they saw a woman being floated through the air along with three small beings into a large flying craft. So I guess the the aliens went into her room. You know, they're you know gentlemen, if nothing. And so they went in and then uh, escorted her into the to into the UFO. And then inside the UFO, uh, I think they did experiments and stuff on her. Hmm. Now, here's what, here's my question. Okay. So a UFO comes and they bring somebody on board. Yes. And then they just kind of hover there? Uh, no. Like, why do they return people? You know, we don't tend to do that. When we do experiments on animals, we're not like... Up and then we'll bring you back to the forest, little guy, and you can live out your life naturally. Well, I mean, I there are cases of people being abducted, and like that's just it. You, they're never seen again. You better be sure. That, are we? How sure are we that aliens did that? I mean, it, it depends on the case, but the I think what it is is it's a lot of tag and release. Which which we do with animals, and which if you're thinking about it, aliens, you know, if they're smart enough to get here from another planet or another dimension or from the future, um, they right. go on. They would presumably be sophisticated enough that they wouldn't just treat us completely like lab animals and just take us and kill us. That they would. Uh, tag and release which is exactly what a lot of people have claimed happened where a lot of people have woken up uh not had any memories or had kind of like foggy memories but then had like weird scars or or marks on them and some of these people have gone to the doctor about it and there's one doctor in particular dr roger lear 
uh, who has removed... Mm, trust a doctor named Roger. <laughs> who has removed a number of uh, alien implants from patients. Okay, now go into some alien implants. What exactly? So a lot of times these implants, which makes sense that it would be extremely advanced technology, we don't really, we pull something out and it's like, well, from what we can tell, this is, you know, uh, made up of this, you know, whatever element but we can't really tell what... Tom, what the hell is going on at your house? Who's trying to get in? <laughs> Alien? Oh, no. <laughs> Tim, the worst has happened. <laughs> Tim, I apologize for that interruption. It wasn't aliens. It was, a- it was Amazon's. Amazon.com delivering. (laughs) I wish delivering uh, coffee to me. Hot coffee? Do you need to go drink it before? (laughs) Yeah, I ordered one cup of hot coffee earlier today, and they're just bringing it now, late late tonight. Do you think in our lifetime, Mm -hmm. what do you think will happen first? Do you think Jeff Bezos will get to achieve his dream of? Being the only place anybody, but the only store, the only, the one-stop shop, no mm-hmm. other, no other place to buy anything. Do you think that happens before um, global warming, climate change kills us all? Tim, I think you're, you've got your priorities all out of whack. You should be worried about aliens. Okay. Because they're going to do more to you before either of those things do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's <laughs> your priorities are all. <laughs> so so people have had these implants removed and of course they're not going to look like, you know, computer circuitry. It's not going to be a little microprocessor in there. So what are they? Like rocks? Cuz if honestly, no. if it's like, oh, an alien put this in me and they <laughs> cut you open and it's a rock in there. I think the doctor has to be like, mm, "Did you put this in there yourself? Is this a rock you found in the forest?" Man, one time when I was a kid, I had like this horrible foot pain and I went to uh, uh, like my parents brought me a pediatrician finally and it, it turned out it was a thorn I had stepped on like a month earlier it had like worked its way all the way through my foot ah. and, and had to be pulled out the other end or at least that's what the doctor wanted everybody to think. He might have taken one look at this and been like, I've seen this before. Aliens. But I'm not going to tell, you know, this kid already seems pretty uh, skittish. I'm not going to tell him about that. Yeah, he's been going on and on about this book he saw at the library. (laughs) It's the third time I've seen him this month because he he keeps getting scared by this book at the library. Um, So they are usually made up of unusual uh, metallic elements that you do not find in the human body and also that are uh, shaped in some way, that are in an unnatural shape. So, right. uh, like a, But they're tiny, like the size of a grain of rice, because that, you know, it makes sense. Why would they be, you know, why, why would aliens have big old clunky uh, things that they would have to put in us? Right. They're smarter than us. Yeah. So this guy, uh, he takes them out for people and they've done uh, like research. I think sometimes they can like see radio waves coming out of them and, you know, all kinds of nonsense. I don't know if that last part's true. I might just be saying that. (laughs) Or maybe they're reactive to radio waves, kind of like an NFC tag. What's an NFC tag? That's like what you use at... uh... Like that's what's in your uh, like credit card or your like Apple Pay, you know, like a little wireless thing to to pay. Got it. Got it. Not to imply that the aliens are using us to pay for things. They're pro- they've probably evolved past money. Right. Tim, you mentioned earlier you made light of the uh, the idea of a lumberjack. And I want to tell you about a man named Travis Walton, who you might remember from a little movie called Fire in the Sky. Did you see Fire in the Sky when you were a kid? No, but I remember 
for the last 25 years, you talking about nothing else whenever it's been dark out. If it's been dark out, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, this seems a lot like fire in the sky. And then you'll talk for 25 minutes about fire in the sky. I'm gonna read the. I'm gonna read his claim because there's actually a pretty succinct one on uh, his Wikipedia page. According to Walton, on November 5th, 1975, he was working with a timber stand improvement crew, which I think is just lumberjacks, right? Timber, we all, timber, timber stand improvement crew. That's like that's like you know uh, what are they call janitor sometimes. I mean, you don't like, need uh, to. No, you don't need to disparage service employees. <laughs> Sanitation engineers. Like it's what, a, did, what did they call them? Or, or like garbage men. Sanitation. No, timber. Timber stand improvement crew. Improve. I think it's just a fancy name for a lumberjack. And yeah. a custodian or a janitor isn't a service uh, employee. They're I a mean, maintenance maintenance okay so i think you should crap all over them you you when you i'm not crapping when you I w- when uh. you're in a public place like a restaurant or something you always just take I your, your been food to a restaurant just, in months you take your food wrappers and just drop them on the floor and you're just like yeah the janitor will take care of this they're not they're less than human no tim ah <sighs> And I wasn't, I was just saying, you know how sometimes there are these jobs and and they give them like fancy titles when it's like, no, you can just say lumberjack. Everybody knows what a lumberjack is. Did you look up what a timber stand improvement crew does? Yeah, Tom, you know what? They chop down trees probably. I think these are the guys. (laughs) Oh, that are tying the ribbons? That are tying the blue ribbons. Oh, okay. Uh there are circumstances when a forested area can be improved upon by doing more than just allowing the trees to grow. One such circumstance would be if an area had a timber harvest in which only the most desirable mature trees were taken out and mostly inferior trees, lower value species, damage, blah, 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 another case, blah, 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 blah. TSI, timber stand improvement, mm-hmm. involves actively managing a stand of trees to improve its species composition, structure, health, and growth. In many cases, TSI involves cutting down or yeah. deadening trees that are considered to be of poorer species or quality to improve the growing conditions for the remaining trees. Deadening trees, not killing them, deadening them? Yeah, they got to use all these euphemisms. Ha- how do they do that? Do they uh, slit the tree's throat or something? Poison the tree? They yeah, probably poison the sap, it. The sap shoots out a lot. Ugh. Anyway, uh, he was working in the working with this crew in the uh, Apache Sitgreaves Sitgraves National Forest in Snowflake, Arizona. Which, boy, I'm sure nowadays you don't want to be a, a Snowflake, Arizona resident. Everybody will be like, "Oh, look at the Snowflaker." That's probably what the residents of Snowflake call themselves. I don't like to get political on this show, Tom. While riding in a truck with six of his co-workers, they encountered a saucer-shaped object hovering over the ground approximately 110 feet away, making a high-pitched buzz. Walton claims that after he left the truck and approached the object, a beam of light suddenly appeared from the craft and knocked him unconscious. The other six men were frightened and supposedly drove away. Walton claimed that he awoke at a hospital-like room being observed by three short, bald creatures. He claimed that he fought with them until a human wearing a helmet led Walton into another room where he blacked out as three other humans put a clear plastic mask over his face. Walton has claimed he remembers nothing else until he found himself walking along a highway five days later with the flying saucer departing above him. Now, since then... Tom, um, that doesn't sound that bad. It's pretty bad. That's a bad way to spend five days. And also, everybody thought he... So, originally, the authorities thought he had been murdered by his co-workers. That, you know, they all thought... The, you know, the, they went to the police and they were like, Holy hell, you know, we work in the uh, timber stand improvement crew, as you know. 
and we uh our friend he got uh you know blasted by a beam and a ufo took him away and apparently authorities were like yeah okay you killed your friend if <laughs> you just think we're not gonna find him in the forest and then five days later he shows up and they like you know of course took him to the hospital and everything and like his it didn't make sense like he wasn't alone in the forest for five days because like his blood he wasn't like starting to starve or dehydrated or anything i think he might have been dehydrated um but since then he and the other guys have taken a polygraph test that they've passed that doesn't sound so scary to me you don't think so Although, oh no, I'm seeing this, Tim. 30 years after the book's release, Walton appeared on the Fox game show The Moment of Truth and was asked if he in fact was abducted by a UFO, to which he replied, yes, the polygraph test determined he was lying. Ah, that was hosted by Mark L. Wahlberg, Tom. So yeah, who are you going to trust? Mark L. Wahlberg on a Fox game show or, I don't know, the police in Snowflake, Arizona? Neither. None of the the above. Tom, uh, girdling, also known as ringing, involves killing a tree, but leaving it standing upright. Sick. You know what you do? The action of a truly sick person. You take a chainsaw and -hmm. you make a one-inch cut, uh, a one-inch deep cut all the way around the tree at about waist height, I guess your waist, and then... An identical one, six to twelve inches above the first one, and that prevents any uh, nutrients, the xylem and phloem, from going oh, up the tree. Oh man, that is pretty sick. That's like a real slow way to kill uh, yeah. a tree, huh? But that's how they deaden a tree, Tom. How long does that take, you think? For it to die? Yeah. Matter of seconds, I think. Really? No. <laughs> they don't rely on xylem and phloem that much. What if the xylem and phloem are, you know, uh, groggy that morning or whatever? Takes them um, a little bit longer. We took biology in high school, mm-hmm. and they taught us about xylem and phloem. Xylem goes up the tree, phloem goes down the tree. Yeah. And the only reason I remember that is because a friend of ours, uh, upon being taught that, went xylem up. Flow him down. And the teacher, <laughs> Mr. DeCanio, flipped out and was like, You have detention for a week. <laughs> what? And Jerry Connolly had uh, had to go to detention for a week because he said xylem up, flow him down. And that is literally because of that, the only thing <laughs> I remember from that class. Jerry <laughs> did more for me than that teacher did. Wow. That teacher in particular was very uh uh like self-conscious always thought everybody was making fun of him yeah and and always thought like uh because he wasn't bad and that was the thing about him like he he was like a a semi-fun teacher and then sometimes you would be joking along he was like kind of like a mob not to not just because he was italian but he was like kind of like the mob boss that all of a sudden is like uh, like a joe pesci like, yeah. what, am I funny? I'm a clown to you? Where it's like, we're all laughing, then you make a joke. He's like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? What, are yeah. you making fun of me? It was that, and if somebody if somebody said something that he didn't fully hear, he just right. assumed. Yeah, you know if I mean? he didn't fully hear it or fully understood it, he assumed it was some kind of like a teen slang slight at him. Yeah. Which I mean, to be fair, I would think that in hundred percent. But that's if a teen said anything that I didn't immediately understand. I'd be like, "The fuck did you just say?" That is the one hundred and ten percent the the reason why I am not a high school teacher because I would there never. Are other reasons. Well, <laughs> now what is that supposed to imply, Tim? <laughs> there are other reasons. I would, yeah, I would be so paranoid about that 24 hours a day that I just wouldn't be able to get any work done. Um, That teacher also, I remember uh, it was after our AP bio test. We were supposed to go on a canoe trip and I had never been on a canoe and I was so excited. And uh, unfortunately, his father passed away and uh, they canceled the trip. And I remember not 
even though I mean at this point I was 17, 18, like now nah, it's probably 17. You Basically, still had a goatee though. So you were pretty old looking. Well, what I'm saying is I wasn't like 10 years old. I was essentially an adult and I still found it fundamentally unfair because I was like, well, if he wasn't going to like teach us anything, just get some other teacher to take us on this canoe trip. Because we found out the morning we all got there, ready to go on the canoe trip. And they're like, bad news, guys. Instead of going on a fun canoe trip, you're going to have to go to goddamn school all day. Yeah, that's so BS. Just, they should have. They should have told worth... you before you showed up at school with all your canoeing gear. <laughs> right, I bought a brand like, new canoe. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I know that's. <laughs> and top of the line too. From what well, I, I didn't look. I didn't know what to look for at the time. I had never been canoeing before, so I asked the salesman, "Well, what what kind of canoe should I get?" And of course, he's going to steer me towards the the high end stuff, and I'm new to canoeing, so I don't know. Um, but yeah, I just remember being like, I could name off the top of my head, five worthless teachers that they would be doing more good taking us on a canoe trip than teaching nonsense to, to students. Also, you're 18 years old. You guys can go on a canoe yeah. yourselves. I think I, I think I tried to argue that to like, I don't know, like the, the head of the department came in or something. I think he was the head of the department. I don't know who came in and delivered the bad news, but I was like, we're all adults. We can do it. I mean, that would have been. <laughs> what was the logic of you're an advanced placement bio- biology um, and at the end of the year, you're going to go on a canoe trip. Were you like looking at species of frog or something? I think like kind of, but I think it was mostly a look. You all took the AP test. The AP test happens before the end of the year, like, you know, a couple of weeks before. So after you take the AP, it's kind of like, oh, what are we going to do now? So that was one of the things. It was also like a reward for uh, being good, for being good students. And uh, we didn't get our reward. That was also one of those AP tests where like I did so bad the entire class. And then I got like a four out of five on the AP by using common sense. Yeah. I went to one day of AP bio and this it was only offered your senior year mm-hmm. um and I remember for the first day being like I don't want to do this I don't want to try like I don't I don't like biology I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna I, a like, lot I of, can drop uh, out of this class and just go to have a free period a lot of memorization yeah I hate that yeah uh I, I like look- to go with my gut Tom <laughs> well, and looking back on it, Tim, boy, what a hypocrite I was, because there I was, uh, you know, cutting open frogs and fetal pigs. But he, I'm going to criticize aliens for putting trackers in people. Exactly. A hypocrite. The worst thing I could possibly be. Um, Yeah. So that's that's alien abductions, Tim. I, I watched this movie called Dark Skies recently with uh, Carrie Russell from uh, TV's Felicity. Uh, I was thinking the 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 film Dark Shadows, and I was like, "What? where are you going with this? <laughs> oh, the Johnny Depp movie? Yeah. No, Dark Skies, which is about uh, Carrie Russell and her husband and their two kids uh, dealing with... It was made by, like, a Blumhouse, uh, you know, like the horror people, and uh, it was... Very much in the, and I've realized this is this kind of horror movie I love and hate of the like paranormal activity where it's like, oh, every night something bad is going to happen. Something progressively worse. So like something bad happens and then it's like, ah, it's the next day. All right. Ah, A new start. Maybe somebody will listen to them. Maybe they'll find the solution to the, this problem. And it's like, no, you're not going to find the solution. It's like, no, guess what? Tonight's going to be worse something even worse is going to happen. Uh, and uh, boy, let me tell you, there's a scene in that movie that scared the pants off me. Uh, I won't give was it away. It an alien? Yeah, it was an alien. But like, oh boy, did it scare the pants off me. It, it was basically a like, uh, you know, weird stuff's. I'll give it away. Weird stuff's happening, you know, all over. And it's like one of those things where like, 
you've listened this far, you're lucky enough to hear some dark shadows spoilers. <laughs> dark skies. It was one of those things like uh, literally, you know, the, the what what uh, the movie Get Out is about, where it's like multiple things have happened where it's like, oh, get out of there. Just leave. Just get out of that house. Move away. It's a loss. But like. <laughs> that wasn't what the movie Get Out was about. Well, not not the movie, but the but the phrase "get out." Yeah, the phrase "get out" has been l- around long before the movie. But I'm more saying... like more like the Amityville Horror, where where they hear the voices saying "get out." Right, but like I don't know. Jordan Peele said that you know when you go to see a horror movie, you, that's what you hear people screaming at the screen, like "get out," just get out of there, just get right. out of that situation. Um, which is why, you know, a great title for a horror movie. But, um, yeah, so the, multiple I'm things. I'm going to make a horror movie, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name it Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what? I recently watched, uh, uh, rewatched Inception, uh, the Christopher Nolan movie. Mm-hmm. And I forgot that that's one of my favorite lines in the movie. Uh, spoilers for Inception, if you've never seen it. But um, uh, when Leonardo DiCaprio's wife, what's her name, Marie, the French actress, I don't know. When his wife, <laughs> you started to people could see you started to Google it and immediately gave up and just went, I don't know. You had to type two words. Not not Marie, uh, Marion, Marion Cotillard. Cotillard, yeah. Um, when you know she thinks she's in a dream, so she has to kill herself to wake up, and she jumps off the building. Right after, she, like Leonardo DiCaprio is trying to convince her not to, and then she does it. And right after she does it, Leonardo DiCaprio goes, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> and I don't know for whatever reason, you don't see people say that much in movies. Yeah, probably because of religion. But anyway, um, what was I talking about? Dark oh, skies. dark skies. So it's one of those where, like, the first night... What are we doing here? Listen, the first night, somebody's opened up the fridge and they've poured the milk all over the place. Uh, It sounds like a poltergeist situation. No, at that point, it's like a, I don't know, this could have been sleepwalking, it could have been anything. The next night, she goes downstairs, and now, like, everything's, there's like a hundred different items from the kitchen balanced impossibly on each other to create like this weird pattern of light on the ceiling. It's like, all right, get the hell out of there. That is not right. a normal thing. Um, I forget if it, no, I think it's the next night. Uh, all the pictures are taken from the house or maybe it was the next morning. But um, finally she's like, first off, how these people are sleeping in this house is insane but she's uh you know like walking around at night she you know like hears a noise and it's like oh let me check on the house so she goes downstairs she's checking on everything and then she can hear her youngest son like talking to himself so she's like you know it's like a one shot are you telling me listen yeah she's walking into the room and she's like you know son you gotta go to bed and she turns the corner and there's a fucking huge spindly alien standing over her son that like turns his head to look at her. She screams, turns on the light. Both of them gone. They both disappeared. Is that what freaked you out? Did it look like the alien from uh, Communion? The yeah, it did. It looked like a scarier version of that. Don't watch that movie. It's too scary. That's my advice. If you like the show, you can find out more at tcgte.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Complete Guide. You can follow us on Instagram at tcgte. Mm -hmm. You You can can follow follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your pal Tim. You can only follow one of us. (laughs) You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Tom Reynolds. Only if you're not following me. If you want to support the show, check out our sponsors. Also, check out patreon.com slash complete guide for books to podcast. This week, we are wrapping up Devil in a Blue Dress, or I'm wrapping up reading it. Oh, it sounds like the cops are on their way to your house, Tim. Yeah, I've been carrying an axe around. <laughs> um, yeah, Devil in a Blue Dress. I'm finishing up reading it. 
uh, and you can hear all about it. I, I very much enjoyed the book. So patreon.com slash complete guide. You can, you can hear that and all the back episodes. There's awesome. a Reddit and a Discord, too. You can look those up. Yeah, use the internet. You'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Tim, has this week's episode made you any more afraid of being abducted by aliens? I feel like you didn't talk about being abducted by aliens for all that long. Have you ever had sleep paralysis? I have. Yeah. Does that Numerous scare times. you? Um, oh, it numerous times. Numerous times. Have you checked your body for any unusual marks after um, the sleep paralysis events? I mean, I have weird. I have a weird thing on my arm. I think I applied sunscreen in a weird way and just like left a triangle. Um, no, Tim, I'm looking. No, that is a, a perfectly symmetrical triangle. That is, I don't think that could happen through uh, sunscreen. What do you think? And you... also, there it seems like there's like a pulsing light under it. Yeah, but you know that ha- it's the summertime, Tom. Tim, I think somebody might have uh, implanted a Tamagotchi into your arm. That'd be cool. <laughs> Yo, could you imagine? Then you'd never have to worry about it dying because you didn't feed it. It'd feed off you. <sighs> I Yeah, that'd be a good movie. Uh, an evil Tamagotchi. That burrowed under your skin? Yeah. Stole your life force? And they would poop, remember? They would poop in the thing. You'd have to clean up the poop. I never poop. had a Tamagotchi. I didn't feel pressured into doing that. Uh, I had one. It was pretty neat. I liked it. I think it was one of those things where, like, you know, I had somehow suckered my parents into going to Toys R Us, and they just happened to have, uh, like, gotten a shipment in that day. So I got one. I got two. One still in the package. Maybe that's worth money. I should look into that. What happens when they died? It was just dead, right? The yeah. plastic was useless. No, you had to. You just had to start it over. Oh, see, I was worried <laughs> to throw out that plastic. Never. No, nah, no, nah, maybe nah, I'll look nah. into buying one now. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.